Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 110. It is Thursday, April 23rd, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and data breaches, updates, and Google. Oh my. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Happy Thursday, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. I'm thinking about doing a blooper reel because if you knew how many times I had to restart recording this episode, you'd be laughing. Anyway, wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be awesome. And if you are in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and type in Get HIPAA Compliance and join that group and then learn HIPAA stuff like some of what I will be sharing today. All right, so first up, uh, strangely enough, there has been a a bunch of releases, and I'm just going to go through them quickly. They're all on the CISA's website. OpenSSL released a security update to address a vulnerability affecting versions 1.1.1D through 1.1.1F. So you should be on version 1.1.1G at this point. Microsoft did release some updates for multiple products, including, um, I think there was one for Office and another one for Paint, of all things. Google released an update for Google Chrome, so you should be on 81.0.4044.122. So the updates from Microsoft are um, products that use the Autodesk FBX library. These include Office 2016, 2019, Office 365 Pro Plus, and Paint 3D. So you'll want to patch those ASAP. Uh, the NSA released a warning. NSA ASD released guidance for mitigating web shell malware. The U.S. National Security Agency and the Australian Signals Directorate have jointly released a cybersecurity information sheet on mitigating web shell malware. Malicious cyber actors are increasingly increasingly deploying web shell malware on victim web servers to execute arbitrary system commands. By deploying web shell malware, cyber attackers can gain persistent access to compromised networks. The CSI, that's short, that's cybersecurity information sheet. Uh, The CSI provides techniques to detect and recommendations to prevent malicious web shells. So um, that is on the CISO's website. And then finally, IC3, which is FBI. Internet Crime Complaint Center has released an alert warning of recent increase in extortion, email scams, cyber criminal threatens, th- cyber cyber criminals threaten to release sexually explicit photos or videos of victims unless they agree to send payment. And we've talked about that already, so we know that those are fake. So um, don't fall for that. Uh, Apple, this is on Threat Post. Apple patches two iOS zero days abused for years. Researchers revealed two zero day security vulnerabilities affecting Apple's stock mail app on iOS devices. Researchers are reporting two iOS zero-day security vulnerabilities affecting its mail app on iPhones and iPads impacted are iOS 6 and iOS 13.4.1. Apple patched both vulnerabilities in iOS 13.4.5 beta released last week. A final release of 13.4.5 is expected soon. Both vulnerabilities are believed to have been actively exploited by an advanced threat operator since 2018, according to researchers at ZecOps that publicly disclosed the bugs in a research report published Wednesday. 
Both bugs are remotely exploitable by attackers who simply send an email to victims' default iOS mail application on their iPhone or iPad. The attack scope consists of sending a specially crafted email to a victim's mailbox, enabling it to trigger the vulnerability in a context of iOS mobile mail application on iOS 12 or mail D on iOS 13, wrote researchers. According to ZekOps, the vulnerability allows hackers to remotely access data from targeted phones running the most recent iOS version. The add the flaw can also give adversaries access to messages associated with the Apple's default mail app. Exploitation of these flaws would allow an attacker to leak, modify, or delete emails within the mail application. However, the researchers note that combining these flaws with an unpatched kernel vulnerability would provide an attacker with full, full device access, though that information has not been identified as of yet, wrote Satnam Narang, principal research engineer with Tenable, in a statement. So um, it goes on to talk about the threat there. You'll want to, of course, I guess for now, update to 13.4.5 beta, and then when the full version comes out, update to that. Now, beta always scares me, so you know, take that with a grain of salt and see what happens, I guess. Um, you know, the other option is don't use the mail app on if you have those versions of iOS. Uh, I usually stay away from the mail app myself, and we use either Gmail or or Outlook. Um, but, you know, to each their own. Uh, also on threat posts, connected home hubs open, open houses to full remote takeover. Three different connected home hubs, Fibero, Home Center Light, Home Matic Central Control Unit and Elko's ELAN RF-003 are vulnerable in their older versions to serious bugs that would allow information disclosure, man-in-the-middle attacks, and unauthenticated remote code execution, according to researchers. Home hubs are used to connect a range of smart devices, including appliances, IP cameras, smart thermostat, and doorbell gadgets connected to TV connected TVs Google Home and Amazon Alexa offerings plus laptops phones and the like researchers at ESET pointed out on Tuesday research that an attacker that compromises one of these could in theory gain full access to all of the peripheral devices connected to it a scenario that could also impact businesses given that more people are working from home the flaws were disclosed by ESET just this week though most of them were fixed in previous updates so that's the good news the bad news is if you, if you have IoT devices and you're not updating them, then you may have a problem. So it does talk about the three vulnerabilities. And again, I'll just repeat what those those hubs are. You have the Fibaro Home Center Light, the Homematic Central Control Unit, also called CCU2, and Elko's ELAN RF003. I am not familiar with any of those, so I cannot elaborate on how they work. But um, if you do have any of those, you'll want to make sure that they do get updated. MSN, a resource we don't normally use, but MSN.com reports nearly 25,000 email addresses and passwords allegedly from NIH, World Health Organization, Gates Foundation, and others are dumped online. Unknown activists have posted nearly 25,000 email addresses and passwords allegedly belonging to the National Institutes of Health, World Health Organization and Gates Foundation and other groups working to combat the coronavirus pandemic, according to the site 
that's S-I-T-E, intelligence group, which monitors online extremism and terrorist groups. While site was unable to verify whether the email addresses and passwords were authentic, the group said the information was released Sunday and Monday and almost immediately used to foment attempts at hacking and harassment by far-right extremists. An Australian cybersecurity expert Robert Potter said he was able to verify that the WHO email addresses and passwords were real. The lists whose origins are unclear appear to have first been posted to 4chan, a message board notorious for its hateful and extreme political commentary, and later to Pastebin, a a text storage site, to Twitter, and to far-right extremist channels on Telegram, a messaging app. Neo-Nazis and white supremacists capitalized on the list and published them aggressively across their venues, said Rita Katz, site's executive director. Using the data, far-right extremists were calling for a harassment campaign while sharing conspiracy theories about the coronavirus pandemic. The distribution of these alleged email credentials were just another part of months-long initiative across the far-right to weaponize the COVID-19 pandemic. The report by site based in Bethesda, Maryland, said the largest group of alleged emails and passwords was from the NIH with 9,938 found on a list posted online. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention said the second highest number with 6,857. World Bank had 5,120. The list of who addresses and passwords totaled 2,732. Smaller numbers of entries were listed for the Gates Foundation, a private philanthropic group whose co-founder, Microsoft co-founder, Bill Gates last week announced $150 million in new funding to combat the pandemic. Also targeted was the Wuhan Institute of Virology, a a Chinese research center in the city where the pandemic began that has been accused of a role in triggering the outbreak. So uh, extreme extremists, you know, neo-Nazis and so forth, apparently trying to use COVID-19 to accomplish, I'm not sure what they're trying to accomplish, you know, other than spreading disinformation. Um, this, you know, things have gotten ugly, so hopefully it doesn't get any uglier from that. Um, we have on infosecurity-magazine.com, U.S. COVID-19 Relief Fund leaks data on thousands of firms. So this has been reported in a few locations today. The SBA may have inadvertently leaked um, some business information of 7,900 businesses. So thousands of U.S. businesses may have had personal information, PII, leaked online after a government agency error led to the problems with the applications for economic relief. The Small Business Administration admitted the error in a letter to affected companies widely reported in the U.S. this week. It claimed that a problem was discovered with the online portal used by businesses to apply for economic injury disaster disaster loans, also called EIDLs, E-I-D-L-S. Unspecified personal identifiable information linked to 7,900 businesses may have been disclosed to other applicants of the programs. This included social security numbers, income amounts, names, addresses, and contact information according to Politico. We immediately disabled the impacted portions of the website, addressed the issue, and relaunched the portal, an SBA spokesperson told NPR in an emailed statement. Idols predate the current coronavirus pandemic, but have been ramped up with more federal funding to keep the nation's small businesses afloat with grants of up to $10,000. They part, they're part of a massive $2 trillion stimulus package designed to help the country weather the current global health and economic crisis. Another instrument used by Washington, the $349 billion paycheck 
protection program is not thought to be affected. However, the SBA has come in for criticism for technical glitches and administrative failings that have meant U.S. businesses experiencing significant delays to their emergency government funding. Jack Menino, Jack Menino CEO of app security firm Envisium, argued that rigorous testing is essential before rolling out new services, even under strict timeframes. The coronavirus pandemic has led to many public services scrambling to scale their systems and to build new functionality outside of their normal practices and methods. He added, it's important to understand how these new services affect existing components and expose your users to new threats as, you're, as you build secure development into the systems engineering. So... Um, Hopefully you're not one of those businesses if you're listening to this. They apparently have been notified, so at least that's been taken care of. But um, hopefully no damage comes of that either. On ZDNet, Google wants to make it easier to analyze health data in the cloud. Google has opened up its cloud healthcare API to allow doctors to analyze data using cloud computing technologies. Google has expanded the availability of its cloud healthcare API in a bid to improve healthcare interoperability and to help providers drive insights from myriad sources of medical data. Google's cloud healthcare API allows the healthcare organizations to collect and manage various types of medical data via the cloud, including digital imaging and communications and medicine. That's DICOM for short, D-I-C-O-M, health, health Level 7, V2, and Fast Healthcare Interoperability Resource Standards. This data can be fed through analytics and machine learning programs so that healthcare providers can identify patterns that could help them improve patient care. As Google notes, gathering a unified view of the multitude of data, formats, and inputs often poses a Herculean, Herculean effort, not least due to the highly fragmented nature of healthcare systems. It is hoped that running captured data through AI and machine learning will identify patterns that could help improve patient outcomes, which is an issue that has taken center stage as healthcare providers around the world scramble to react to COVID-19 pandemic. We know that the pandemic is impacting every aspect of the healthcare industry differently and that needs of the organizations are rapidly evolving, evolving Google said in a blog post. Our goal is to bring our technology expertise to bear in helping your experts so that healthcare organizations can focus on providing the best care to as many people as possible. Google launched its cloud healthcare API in the early access release in March 2018. The company has been working in partnership with Mayo Clinic since 2019 to demonstrate how cloud-based AI technology could transform healthcare delivery. Mayo Clinic has since been using cloud, Google's cloud healthcare API to enable the storage and interoperability of its clinical data set, Google said. Dr. John Halamka, president of Mayo Clinic Platform, said, we're in a time where technology needs to work fast, securely, and most importantly, in a way that furthers our dedication to our patients. Google Cloud's healthcare API accelerates data liquidity among stakeholders and in return will help us better serve our patients. The issue of interoperability remains a tricky subject with healthcare, battles over data formats and ownership stymies efforts to join up healthcare systems and make patient data available to healthcare professionals whenever and wherever they need it. Um, and then of course there's a little thing called HIPAA. In the US inroads have been made recently through passing of rules by Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services and National Coordinator for Healthcare information technology to make it easier for 
healthcare organizations to exchange patient data and for patients to access their own information. Google said its cloud healthcare API was designed to scale and support interoperability and patient access. It added that the COVID-19 pandemic had made the need for increased data interoperability more important than ever. Elsewhere, the internet giant has been harnessing its mobile technology to aid the effort to track the coronavirus outbreak, notably through the partnership with Apple to bring COVID-19 contact tracing to smartphones, which we talked about. They're going to do that through Bluetooth. Um, so I, it's a great idea. I would be a little concerned about the PHI portion of it and any ramifications that might come from um, PHI being accessed without permission or falling into the wrong hands. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out as well. And, and Google's got their hands on a lot of things with healthcare. So they have to be careful for sure because I could see not only, you know, a HIPAA breach happening, but what happens if, um, if they are breached, the lawsuits that will come from that will be massive. So something to think about, something to ponder um, for now. Lots of updates to deal with, so go take care of those. That is going to do it for today's episode. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.